Hey everybody and welcome to That Vintage Lens Podcast. We're back again. I'm Brandon Stanley and I'm here in the studio with Daniel Gebert, Andy Adamas, and John Henry Keenan. And so we're going to be talking today about what cameras we own, what we're hoping to pick up in the future, um, specifically 35mm cameras. We had an episode a couple weeks ago about medium format, so we're jumping back to 35. Um, But first, what we wanted to do is kind of go around and just talk a little bit about what we've done this past week in photography, kind of... um, update for the group here of uh what we've been out shooting and and or maybe maybe we haven't shot anything i don't know so daniel have you done anything interesting with 35 the past week yeah so i have some portra 400 loaded up and i've i've had that in the camera for the last couple rolls and um so we were in philly for a couple of days and we shot just around just some stuff uh, nothing crazy and then i shot some family stuff for my brother and my sister-in-law and their kids so that's always fun. Family stuff is always just a blast. It's just a great excuse to bring out a camera and get some beautiful photographs for mm. them, and you nice. know, and, and film, especially Portrait Four Hundred, always looks great. So yeah. that's what I've been up to. Well, nice. It was inside or uh, some inside stuff, and in like a, at a park, and then some, uh, or I'm sorry, some outside stuff at a park, and then some inside <laughs> stuff too. So. You know, inside a park and yeah, then outside yeah. in the family room. It was a big <laughs> like, yeah. Anyway, nice. Andy, any updates uh, there? Well, it's not thirty five millimeter. <sighs> We're off topic, man. I'm gonna have to strike this from the record. (laughs) Okay. Well, Well, yeah, Yeah, any sort of update. I shot um, Cine Still at my son's birthday party in the worst environment you can possibly shoot in. Of course. (laughs) Which I looked online. I was like, you know what? I know Cine Still is super finicky, and I everything it said not to do, I did. Okay. So people are gonna come out looking like Smurfs. Okay. Guarantee you. Gotcha. They had red, this red tint on the windows above, and then daylight. Oh. So if there's anybody from Sydney still listening, they're probably like, this guy. <laughs> Why is his he money. even on a podcast? Exactly. Yeah. Go wash cars or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I'm curious to but, see how it turns out. Yeah. yeah. And I, I still don't know if that film back works on the. <laughs> there <laughs> it are, gets even better. A lot there of are variables. a lot of variables. Yeah. yeah. A lot of variables, and, you know. It's going to be fun. And this is on the, the Mamiya that you've got. Or, sorry, not the Mamiya. I'm sorry. It's Brand. on the Bronica. Daniel's got the Mamiya. On no, the this Bronica. is your Bronica. Okay, the, the SQAI. SQAI. Nice. And, um, yeah, I love that camera. It's so you, you shot 800T or 50D? Eight, 800T. And actually, man, I did. I shot uh, some long exposure stuff. Um, nice. With Sinistil? Saturday. No, no. That, that was uh, uh, Ilford. 400 delta okay okay so we'll see how that goes and i still don't know if that film back works (laughs) so this could be all sure i'm sure sure yeah i'm sure yeah the good news is if it doesn't work at least you won't have spent too much money no wait yes (laughs) it's too late they already got my money there you go so john henry any up i I know you sent out some stuff this week yeah i'm i'm excited to see how that turn turns out it was a big variety of different locations a few weeks ago i was with daniel in washington shooting mostly like architecture stuff at georgetown and then just a couple nights ago i was out in chinatown here in chicago and inspired again by daniel who i saw some neat pictures uh that he'd taken there and i'm interested to see how they turn out because it was on portra 400 Mm -hmm. which is not you know too fast for shooting Mm -hmm. nighttime in Mm -hmm. chinatown but there was some interesting lights and neon stuff and they always just have a lot of interesting objects especially in the stores there Mm -hmm. and things so i'm hoping that turns out nice nice and vibrant for sure i shot um some fuji superior 800 it was an expired role in chinatown a couple of months ago and I was kind of testing out the meter in my camera because I usually use a light meter, but every once in a while I leave it at home or whatever. Um, but so I'll, I have to rely on the in-camera meter mm-hmm. on my Pentax and it got tricked a lot in Chinatown. Yeah. But I will say the Pentax meter, I'm sure we'll talk about this in a sec, but it's not the most reliable thing in the world. And I know yeah. the Olympus has a much more reliable meter. So I'm curious to see how those turn out. Well, yeah. I'm hoping the meter was a little wrong because if it wasn't, they were definitely underexposed. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this week, yeah. um, I went, I was actually with Daniel. It's funny. Like it's like all roads lead to Daniel this week. When I'm talking <laughs> wow. about films. All right. so like, yeah. his, um, next week it'll be Andy. Yeah, exactly. Well, Dan, the man, like, there's just, there's no rhyme there. Just, 
Yeah. No, no, none, none whatsoever. Andy the um, Mandy. <laughs> Moving on. So yeah, we were uh, we were in Philadelphia, uh, which was great because it's um, it's a, a fun city to photograph because it, it not only has the the architecture and the history there, but it's mm-hmm. also got um, some dilapidation. Uh, yeah. And so we went to uh, we had a little bit of time after we um, had our film shoot, uh, which was we were you know conducting some interviews uh, out in I guess the suburbs you would call it. And so we were driving around trying to find some cool places, and we actually stumbled upon um, an abandoned a partially abandoned graveyard. It looks like it's been there for a mm-hmm. long time. There were Civil War um, uh, headstones there. That's cool. uh, it's called Mount Moriah, uh, okay. and it's outside of Philadelphia. Um, but yeah, they've got some great, like these big mausoleums that are that are abandoned, that have been bricked up or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the the, um, the woods have kind of been reclaiming the area. So mm-hmm. it's you know you've got these headstones in the middle of like this forested area, which yeah. is just, it's really cool to see. Um, and there, there are some areas where it looks like they still take care of it, but, um, but it was a great opportunity to, um, just kind of take some unique portraits and, and, uh, uh, take some, some shots in kind of the uh, areas that were falling apart. Um, respectfully, of course, uh, sure. to the, to those who are still buried there. Um, and then we also were able to walk around some other areas where there were, you know, uh, rows of houses that looked very identical. You get some of the, uh, uh, um, the patterns going on there, so um, it was a lot of fun. I'm actually looking to send it to send this film off to a new lab. So I've used the dark room for a while. Um, originally, I used Robert's camera in Indianapolis, which, if you're looking for used cameras, it's a fantastic place to go. Um, and I used them for a while, but once I moved to Chicago, it, they weren't as local. Um, and a lot of the camera places around here in Chicago still send theirs off. They don't do it in in house. Right. So, it's frustrating. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. So um, so I've always sent it to the dark room. But uh, Daniel was mentioning Richard Photo Lab out in uh, California as well. So mm-hmm. um, their stuff looks great, uh, and I've made an account there. And I think I'm going to send these next few rolls off there. They're about yeah. five dollars more than the dark room, um, but they they've got some uh, some features as you're uh, sending yeah. the film off that it seems like they're a little bit more um, in depth. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I'm curious to see how it I works. I did find someone that develops locally. Yeah. That's been developing for since the 70s. Mm-hmm. So he's been doing it forever. Developing um, and scanning? Yes, developing and scanning. Mm. What is the turnaround uh, time like? Uh, I think it's probably a week or, or two. I didn't actually... I don't know. There's, I didn't ask. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> sure. A friend of mine Usually told it's me, week. Yeah. A friend of mine was telling me about a place that she goes to get her film scanned and developed and all that but i couldn't find any information on their website she's like oh yeah it's six bucks for a roll and you just sometimes you get your film back the scans back later that day which is i think it would be ideal Mm -hmm. if you're downtown and you can do that you know drop it off the lab run do some errands and then come back and get it but i couldn't find any information on their site about what their resolutions were like what kind of scanner they're using and I, i just i don't know I, I don't know. Do you remember what the him? place was called? I have it written down somewhere. I, I would have to look it up. It's C C D S. Which town was like it? That. It's in. It's downtown. Okay. Hmm. That definitely sounds like it might be worth one roll if you weren't. Yeah. yeah. Too too nervous about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we're going to jump on to the main tap topic of this podcast uh, today, which is what 35 millimeter cameras are we using? And also, what are we looking to pick up in the future? Um, I have a list longer than my arm of cameras that I want to pick up, but <laughs> I've good you have a really down. short arm. I know. Yes, it's true. It's a baby arm. It's true. <laughs> it's like, uh, we call him Brandon T- T-Rex around yeah. the yeah, office. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, we've narrowed it down to a, at least like two cameras each um, or, you know, um, just a, a camera in general that we've been looking at, that sort of thing. So. Um, or, you know, maybe we're fine with the camera that we've got. That's also yeah. fine, too. You know, not everyone. What we don't want to promote is that you have to get a ton of new cameras. Right. They yeah. are cheap. But in the end, you know, if you've got a camera you love, you don't need to get another one. It's true. So um, I can start off. Yeah, go for it. I'm going to start off with. What are you shooting? OK, I have pretty much on me 24 seven, a Pentax ME Super. Nice. Uh, with 50 mil 1.7. And I love it. It's, it's great. It's bright enough where you are getting a good amount of low light on mm-hmm. that 50 mil. Um, but it's not 1.4 or 1.2. So you, uh, on a film in a film SLR that's full manual, I mm-hmm. feel like those apertures are pretty much just hopeless for focus unless you have a completely still subject and you're on a tripod. Yeah. Yeah. 1.8, 2.0 is like where you want to shoot and you mm-hmm. can be confident the focus will be good. You know, It's what you're seeing through the viewfinder. But yeah. 
I love this camera. And you were talking about how film doesn't necessarily have the same kind of gear envy syndrome as uh, or, or uh, gear acquisition syndrome as sure. digital. And I really don't, I don't really want another camera sure. right now. And in terms of like things that I would actually get, I don't think I actually want anything, mm-hmm. but if yeah, we're talking, Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, well, I was just going to say, cause we were talking um, earlier about how like with, with digital, a new camera comes out and it's like, Oh, it's got a better sensor. It's yeah. better at this, better in low light, better dynamic range, that sort of thing. None of that's the same with film. Like you get a yeah. new camera, not because, um, not because it's going to be, you know, that much better in, in photo quality. I mean, maybe right. you do sometimes, but um, possibly. But it's not like they're releasing new cameras all the time where uh, that's the case. Usually, uh, it just comes down to the film itself and the lens. Right. And as long as you've got, you know, good film and you have a good lens, you can't really improve that much. Yeah. In terms of photo quality. Now, yeah. sure, if you're looking for something that has autofocus or you're looking for something that has a better, you know, a different uh, set of lenses, then that's one thing. Yeah. Um, but it's not the same as like, oh, a new one's out and it's 10 times better. It's yeah. just not the case. Exactly. Um, and especially because it's all manual. Yes, like I was saying, there's a light meter built in, but it's it's not super reliable. Um so yeah, I, I don't really desire to shoot on anything different right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, and I hope everyone caught the sound of Andy's camera taking a well, photo of yeah. of the the group here. We got everyone, <laughs> everyone's like, I, I bet you I can guess what that camera is. <laughs> I know that shot. We'll sound. get to it. I want to hear. Yeah. Um, so, but that being said, cameras I would like to pick up. But that's all you carry, though. I see another camera. Oh, there's a the, my Mamiya, oh, which we talked that. about last week. Is a Mamiya. We're, we're forbidden to talk about that. M six four five one thousand S. It's a great medium format camera. Anyway, Ooh, the thirty five yeah. is a yeah Pentax ME Super. It's a really tiny little compact camera. Basically, if you're familiar with the Pentax K one thousand, it's virtually the same in terms of features and specs and all that kind of stuff. But it's a little bit smaller body. It's I like it for its compactness. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I would love to have. You're talking about cameras with features. I would love to have an autofocus Canon EOS something. Sure. Elan, whatever. Oh, or, uh, stop. You brought up the Elan 7 earlier today. Shh. We'll get to it. But <laughs> I'm not jumping the gun. I apologize. Um, so something something along those lines, sure. like a, um, an EOS 1V, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But at the same time, if I want an automated camera, I'll probably just pick up a 5D. Sure. The dream camera mm-hmm. is, I mean... I'm probably not unique in this, but I think a Leica M7. Sure. Or an M6, mm-hmm. or an M3, or an M2. Mm-hmm. A Leica M of some sort. I would be thrilled to to just experience one of those for a week or so. Mm-hmm. Just a, I love the rangefinder, uh, the Feel. mentality yeah, of it. Like, yeah, uh, yeah the, the experience of shooting on a rangefinder is really unique. Mm-hmm. And I would love to have a Leica at some point, but, sure, you know. You're a rangefinder guy. I like rangefinders. Yeah, because you typically shoot with, when you're shooting digital, um, for fun, not for work, but mm-hmm. you usually shoot on what the, the Fuji, what is it? X100 X100T. T? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which, yeah, I adore that camera. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's not a true rangefinder. It gives sure. you kind of the feeling of a rangefinder, but yeah. focusing on a rangefinder, I've always found like a real film rangefinder mm-hmm. is just really fun. It's snappy, um, looking through, like not looking through a prism. It's kind of a fun experience. Yeah. Um, I still don't understand yeah. it. That's just my brain, though. Yeah. It, it's different. It's very different. It's like, what if, if what I'm looking at, is that what I'm, is that what I'm going to develop? No. Not quite. See? Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit off. Yeah. That's, it's a okay. little bit off. It's a fun experience, though, because it's, it's, uh, it's, I don't know. Part of the whole fun of film is that you don't immediately know what you're getting. Yeah. Yeah, but then you really don't know what you're getting. You, you yeah. mostly know what you're you getting. Mostly, <laughs> you're getting you, exactly what yeah. you saw. Just, if you, you shoot know, with shift one, it over. Yeah. I imagine if you when I here here's the thing. When I get my Leica M6 sure. in like two weeks <laughs> I'll I'll give it to you and you can just mess around with oh, it. Oh you just for, give it to me. Right? Yeah. yeah. For a, for a, for like a week. A week you sure. can mess with it. Really? No. You would trust I, me I think absolutely I think that if you shot with one for a bit you would get confident in in what it's a possibility so what what appeals to you about that camera the leica or the yeah the leica Leica. um yeah the 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 craftsmanship Mm -hmm. the timelessness of it yeah in the same way that my pentax which is decades old and my mimia i'm sorry my mimia which is decades old Mm -hmm. they still are just these beautiful pieces of of machinery Mm -hmm. um and the leica pretty much the pinnacle of that 
of that whole era. I'm you know, not but, familiar with. Is that the one that patinas really nice? Leicas. A lot yeah. of them do. Because I saw someone posted the, the finish on the the Leicas. Some of the mm-hmm. older ones were. They've got like the brass. Yeah, well, they, yeah. yeah, so they weren't. They no one wanted the black ones, I guess, or something like that. Um, and then I don't know. now the black, the vintage black ones are the ones that people want to go after. Right. Typically, with with thirty five millimeter cameras, the black cameras were, um, like the professionals typically wanted the black cameras, and they were usually more expensive, as far as I know. There was usually like a, uh, like a, uh, there was usually a bit of a premium on the the black cameras so like nikon had silver cameras and they had black ones of the same model and usually it was like 50 to 100 bucks well oh, wow. not, maybe not 100 bucks but like you know 50 bucks more or something like that for the black yeah. um i don't so, know exactly why they rationalized that but it's also um i'm sure for for professional cameras it was a little sleeker it was a little bit uh more discreet um, for yeah. photo yeah, journalists yeah or more, whatever. more discreet for sure yeah. um so but for sure now the black leicas are very highly sought after because they they get that really tremendous looking yeah. brass patina. That mm-hmm. is really nice. Yeah, that is really nice. Yeah, but they they also made a couple Leicas that weren't fully brass, mm-hmm. and so those ones are really easy to pick up now, or much easier. Yeah, talking about a few thousand as opposed to like many thousand dollars. Yeah. So like, what does an M7 run at this point? Ooh, I you know I honestly haven't looked at M7s because yeah. they're too expensive. But an M6, <laughs> yeah, an M6 between two and three for like a really good a good one. Yeah, something yeah. that's so, near something mid- that I would actually trust right i feel like um, you can get them for like i don't know i've seen some for under a grand they're not in fantastic shape yeah that's the problem there um and most likely i find that german cameras can be like german cars and that they are very reliable but they take maintenance yeah um and so i know a lot of the the leicas um they have to be sent back to germany or to a uh service center somewhere here in the states at the very least to get the rangefinder re yep. readjusted because over time that'll kind of um your your focus will be blown a bit if, mm-hmm. if it's not so i yeah. my general rule of thumb when picking up cameras i try to get them in mint condition because yeah. you know we're talking cameras here that are at minimum usually like 20 years old yeah um I mean, it is 2019. Most film cameras stopped being released in the early 2000s. Yeah, that's um, the very latest. Yeah, and so the ones we're talking about are usually 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with something that old, I want something that's in mint condition because I know it hasn't been banged up and yeah. and neglected for that time. I know that someone yeah. has either forgotten it in a closet or they've really babied it, which is is what I want to see because I know that yeah. it'll probably last me longer too. Right. Um, I tend to have a a connection with my cameras after a while, like um, my F three, which I'll talk on in a bit. I've taken that to like four different countries outside the states, and, and it's it's become the camera. No, more than that, but so it's become the camera that I travel with because I like to be able to say, oh yeah, this camera's been to this many countries. It's traveled all over the world with me. Yeah. Um, and similar with some of my other cameras too, like I I form that bond, so I want them to last a long time i don't right. want to have to replace them and it is special when you can find a camera that's basically brand new even though it was made 50 years ago yeah, yeah. that, that is, is really nice i got i you and i both had good luck with camera purchases recently that mm-hmm. we got our cameras and they were in really good shape you got lucky i got very heck. very lucky <laughs> <laughs> that mamiya that you've got which for mint condition usually usually runs like six seven hundred bucks yeah with the lens with the lens with the with, 80 mil 1.9 exactly with that lens which is fairly rare usually runs pretty expensive and you took a chance on one that was what 350 bucks yeah and it comes in and it's it's like near mint like yeah. almost unused hey daniel yeah. you think you should still keep it the mamia yeah i think yeah should, i think, I, I, think yeah. Yeah. I guess it's okay it's whatever <laughs> <Yeah>. no <laughs> and you're talking about relationships with cameras and um i feel that way about cars in the same in a similar way but mm-hmm. i've definitely developed a relationship with my film cameras because you especially the ones that are fully manual you, mm-hmm. you have to you know it's it constantly reminds you that it's an image creation process mm-hmm. yeah it's not an image taking process yeah and um yeah that's just yeah well and you pick up something like a leica uh yeah. m6 or m7 you, there's a high likelihood you're going to pass that down to your kids or your yeah. grandkids or something like that's that so i mean awesome. they last so long and it becomes the type of thing that you can pass on like a fine mm-hmm. watch uh, yeah. which I don't, I mean, you can say the same, I guess, about digital, but yeah. I can't really see, like, there, there are so many things about digital that after a while you can't find, whether it's the batteries or whether the sensor burns out yeah, or memory whether, cards. And even yeah. then, I don't think they have the same character in that, uh, 
a 5D Mark One was at the top of the market at one point, right. but I don't see anyone passing that particular camera no. down to his his kid because <laughs> it's at like one time it was the best. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But whereas these older mechanical cameras not only have quality that's enduring, but I think they have a more human element yeah. in terms mm-hmm. of the, like Daniel said, the image creation, mm-hmm. which is worth saving and holding on to. For yeah. sure. So anything more than the M7 here? Or the- what's what's your accessory? What's Oh, accessory? Come back to me on that. We'll do cameras <laughs> first, and then I'll do cameras. accessory. Okay. Okay. We'll do you started on the F3. Why don't you keep going? Sure. Yeah, I can talk a little bit about the F3. So the camera that I carry with me all the time, and I'll, I'll rattle through a couple things here, too, just so people know how my process works. So I, I have different cameras for different films um, because they're cheap enough I can do that. Yeah. So I have... Um, a, a Nikon F2 that always has high speed black and white. Um, I have uh, a Nikon 28Ti, which I use for like consumer film. It's a point and shoot camera. Um, and I keep that around the house as like, oh, you know, I want something with autofocus that's really tiny. Um, or I just want to walk outside and have something really small on me. Um, I shoot with a uh, Canon 1V when I want to shoot with like L series lenses or something something larger um, uh, or rather something that I can get like really shallowed up the field that has autofocus. So like Mm -hmm. if I'm working and I want something that I can swap lenses between a 5D, I shoot that. And then I shoot low speed black and white film in a Kodak, um, an old German Kodak. Um, And so it's like a a range finder. I love it. It's, it's so tiny and compact. Um, And then, um, my daily carry camera, the one that I take everywhere, is an Nikon F3 that I've always got like 400 mm-hmm. speed film in. Um, it's like my general go-to camera, the one that travels everywhere with me. And what I really love about it, it's it's like the most robust camera um, I've worked with aside from maybe a Leica. But it's it's so sturdy and well built. Um, I mean, just to, to give you an idea for how sturdy this thing is i was filming or i was shooting film downtown you know uh probably six months ago at this point and uh i was about to cross the street and this car pulled out you know they, they didn't see that someone was trying to cross and the guy I, so i stopped the guy behind me didn't and he ran into me hard enough that it knocked the camera out of my hand because i i had just taken the shoulder strap off because i and mm. you know i don't know why you made it you just made it sound like you got hit by a car though just no i didn't get hit by a car <laughs> the but, camera got hit by a car almost and then a yeah. truck there we go then yeah it, but no it the guy hit me hard enough from behind he was looking at his phone or something and it knocked the camera out of my hand the camera hit the concrete downtown from over waist level i had it almost up to my eye wow. it hit the concrete and I was like, that's it. It's done for. I've had yeah. this camera. This was my first film camera ever. And now it's gone. Now Everything it's- was in slow motion. Exactly. And so I picked it up and the lens itself was just completely dead. It was a Nikon 50 1.8. Um, so not a crazy expensive lens. Um, the cheapest lens. About the cheapest Nikon lens you yeah. can How get much for is that Prime. Lens? You can pick them up for 50 bucks. Okay. So it's yeah. a great lens. It's a pancake. Super small. Super small. Um, but that was the only thing that was broken. Like it wow. dented a little bit of the viewfinder mm-hmm. on the front on the camera, um, and so I ended up replacing that because I could hear yeah, like some you rattling. Take those yeah, they're off. replaceable. Yeah. Um, and so I picked one up on eBay, fairly cheap. I've still got the old one sitting downstairs as a backup, but the camera functions perfectly. Only thing that's residual from that, from hitting the concrete, is that the the film counter sometimes sticks. So sometimes mm-hmm. it'll hmm. tell me that I'm starting on you know shot three instead of shot one. Um, wow. So super robust. Um, big bright viewfinder. You can switch out the focusing screens. Um, and yeah, it's got when a, you showed show that to me the other day when you took the top off, mm-hmm. it you reminded can, me just here we go again. It reminded me of a medium format. Yeah, because you can just like the waist level. Right. Viewfinder. Yeah, you can get a waist level viewfinder for it. Um, it's dope. And that is really sweet. That's a nice. It's pretty it, unique among SLRs too. Am I right? Yeah, I mean a lot of the Nikon, some of the pro level stuff, you could. <laughs> some of the pro level stuff you could switch stuff out on so is it easy to see when it's down at your waist um it's a bit it's, it's pretty small medium format i wouldn't recommend it oh that yeah much. yeah like you can but show I, them the, are yeah like i can focus right on it if you want, want to take a look and they make like a specific waist level viewfinder there but that's nice have you ever used it much for street photography not really um well not not the waist level viewfinder at least and what lens do you have on there right now right now i've got uh, the 35 millimeter 
um, AI lens. It's not AIS, it's just an AI lens. It's an F2 lens. Uh, so this setup right here was actually, this was the first film camera that I ever bought. Um, and it was the first lens that I bought with it too. And I, I picked up the camera for like 200 bucks, picked up the lens for like 70, picked mm -hmm. them up at Robert's camera in uh, Indianapolis. And um, and I have to give a shout out too, to uh, my buddy Tim Porter because um, the reason I picked up the camera, he, he's always been in the film and he had an F3 for a little while. Don't know if he still has it or not, but uh, he showed me and it was like instant love. I, like I saw this thing and it was like, that. that's the camera. That's yeah, the it one feels that I need great, to get. man. Yeah, it really does. Um, and so, yeah, it's a good balance. It's got, um, I almost said it has autofocus. It doesn't have autofocus, <laughs> but it does have um, aperture priority, which I love because a lot of times when I'm traveling, like I can switch it into full manual mode, but I like the ability to switch it on an aperture priority if I'm in a hurry, if I'm on a film set or something and I need to take a, a photo really quickly. Yeah. Um, some One of those situations where you just don't have time. Right. Um, and so it's it offers a little bit of everything. Um my main issues with it, if I had an issue, would just be the fact that the meter is very heavily center-weighted. A lot of meters are like 60% 60, 60 from the center dot and 40% from the, the rest of... Or no, it's the other way around, sorry. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to skip that because I can't remember <laughs> exactly all the details there. Anyway, it's, okay. um, it's very heavily center-weighted compared to a lot of other cameras. And so... Uh, there's more of a tendency for the exposure to be off just a little bit yeah. if there's a huge difference between the center, that center point of the frame and the rest of it. Mm. Uh, so like if I'm taking a picture with a guy in a black shirt that's dead center, or if I'm taking a picture where the sun is directly in the center, that'll throw it off quite a bit. Um, but Back, yeah, it's compact. scenes and stuff like exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. But it's compact. It has access to great Nikon lenses. And um, yeah, it's just a joy to carry around with me. Do you ever just throw on like a modern nikon 70 to 200 and just have fun with it well so you can't use some of the modern lenses the ones that don't have um an adjustable aperture that the on them AI. oh on the or, like an external adjustable aperture the ones where uh like for the the ones that we have for the d810 at work mm -hmm. um you adjust the aperture on the camera not on the lens and they don't work well on these because it will only take it at the minimum or the the uh, closed down aperture. Uh, so like if it's an F22, if it's like an F2.8 to 22 lens, it'll take the photo all the time at F22. So unless okay. you're shooting like yeah. on the surface of the sun, it's gonna be a little bit underexposed. Yeah, or I mean, maybe you're metering for F22, but that's all you can do. Yeah. So you Man, really have to pick up uh, one of the Nikons that, that, you can, that has the actual aperture wheel on right. the camera. Right. Gotcha, um, gotcha, gotcha. So that limits a little bit of the modern lenses that you can use. You right. can't use any of like their best lenses these days. Yeah. Um, but I do have the two lenses that I have for it right now. I've got the uh, Nikon 85 1.4 AIS. Um, and actually I have, uh, tomorrow it's coming in, the 35 1.4 no. AIS. Hmm. So I, I'm, I, I'm not going to retire the 35 F2, but... There have definitely been more times lately when I'm filming or taking pictures on a film set when it's a little bit too dark for F2. So um, it's happened like once or twice. Hey Brandon, how much does that uh, 35mm F1.4 run for these days? The one that I picked up was about 400. Okay. So it's not crazy. It's not, it it's not crazy. Right. But um, yeah, it's it's. I like having a 35-85 combo. Yeah. It's kind of my favorite one, so... So yeah, that's what I shoot with. And then uh, what I'm looking to pick up, I was trying to find, I, I've got, like I said, a list that's pretty long and I was trying to figure out a camera that I want that other people wouldn't have or wouldn't be talking about rather. Um, and so my, my camera of choice, the one that I want to pick up is um, a Wide Lux F8. Oh yeah. Is that and what? so, yeah, for, okay. for people who don't know, it's mm. a panoramic camera where the lens on the front, um, it's kind of hard to explain, but it essentially rotates around the front. There's like a shutter that rotates around the front. And so you get um, you get pictures that are, if I remember correctly, they're about three 35 millimeter slides wide. Wow. And so um, you get these great, just like huge panoramic shots. Mm -hmm. And really the reason that that's on my list is because I want an X-Pan, the Hasselblad X-Pan. Mm -hmm. Of course. <laughs> but they're also $3,500 if you're looking oh, for one in decent shape. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's 3500 for one that's just okay, and it still has scratches and it's beat up. Mm -hmm. um, and so I want something that's panoramic that doesn't cost that much. And how much? The F8 
Uh, that one's the most recent one, and that one will run you for mint condition somewhere in the eleven hundred dollar range. So still okay. not cheap, mm-hmm. um, but it, in it, it's funny. So definitely, you beginners out there, that's a great first camera. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, oh, no, no, it's not. <laughs> I will say, like one of the, some of the issues are that based on just how wide it is. Um, there's a there's a lot of distortion if you don't do it properly. Yep, 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 um, yep. So if you've got something that's too close, it'll be very distorted. So yep. it has to be like if you're going to take good panoramic shots, the objects need to be a little ways away. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it, it's like like iPhone photos. You know, when you take a panorama on your iPhone, sometimes they just look really distorted, and, and it's maybe that's what you're going for. Mm-hmm. But if you're not. You have to just be yeah. careful. But. What's the field of view on that? It's nearly 180, isn't it? 180 I don't know. I haven't. I, I it's, haven't. It's very wide. It's very wide. I'd be wide. curious, just some mechanics like uh, how it might affect how steady you have to hold the camera while you take it. I'm still trying to. Yeah. No pun intended. Wrap my mind around <laughs> sure. the, yeah. what you described as like the rotating. Yeah. Shutter. Well, I would. But, I would recommend looking it up. It's a cool looking camera. Yeah. Very unique. Looking. Yeah. Almost yeah. unrecognizable as a it camera. It looks like a. Right. Uh, like a tank turret. It, it kind just, of does. Yeah, yeah that's, exactly. that, that's probably the best way I would explain it. Is it looks like an old, old like German tank turret. Yeah. Um, but Jeff Bridges would know. Right. Exactly. So that was that's what I was going to mention. So it's interesting because I guess Jeff Bridges is known for shooting wide luxes. I didn't even know the that weird. he was known for photography that much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's he's been like the one of their the dude. He's been their ambassador in some ways, I guess, and is just really known for it. He's gotten like some photography awards for his wide lux shots. So um, I guess he did it some on some of his movie sets. And hmm. uh, yeah, so it's interesting. That's cool. Yeah. But yeah. That'd so be cool I, to I see figured, those. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the, uh, one of the cameras that I've been looking at, uh, yeah. cause really at this point, I don't need any more cameras. I yeah. really don't. I feel that but, way. And I only have yeah. like three. I, I feel like Brandon doesn't need any more cameras. <laughs> you <laughs> I feel like Brandon's yeah. wife thinks he doesn't need any more <laughs> yes, cameras. I'm Although sure. spe- speaking of Brandon's cameras in this, this wide thing, right before you came in, Brandon, yeah, we were all wondering about your camera in the corner there with the, Oh, the dual lenses. The yeah. Dual lenses. That is for taking 3D images. Really? That's what Daniel thought. Uh Uh-huh. So you focus one, it'll focus both lenses simultaneously. Is that what they shot Avatar on? Yeah, that that camera (laughs) Frame by frame. I could see that. One frame frame at a time. time. But yeah, so you remember, I don't know what they're called, but remember like the the things that you used to look through as a kid where you'd flip through and it would bring the images around on like a disc? Yeah, something light. Yeah, and they looked 3D. Well, that's neat because I mean, there's a big history of those like in the development of motion pictures, especially. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, the lenses are about the distance of two eyes. So it's um, you combine those images in the right way, and it it does look three D. So it's um, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was wow. your accessory? Oh, accessory that I'm looking to pick up. I don't know. Um, that's tough at this point because I I I'm trying to stay minimal right now with everything mm-hmm. and not pick up too much stuff i, I mean i i like having he says as he just picked up two yes. vintage nikon lenses hey now okay <laughs> yes but like those are i guess those are accessories i consider those more like part of the camera but, sure, sure, sure um yeah i i am kind of interested in picking up some more lenses um i've looked at like the the you can't use them on the nikons but the m42 mount lenses yeah. like the, the pentax yep mount um they're like the super takamars were, were great lenses and um and yeah they're and they're dirt cheap now yep so you can pick up you know mint condition 85 or 35 for like 180 bucks yeah. if not less so screw mount just scares everybody away yeah yeah, and certainly there are certain aspects that aren't as great as you know a bayonet mount like we have nowadays sure. but um they're also very versatile. The great thing about medium format becoming, or not medium format, I apologize, about mirrorless <laughs> yeah. becoming so prevalent now is that all these old lenses are being, you can use them on so many cameras. Yeah. Suddenly, these M42 mount lenses, you can put them on Canons, you can put them on you know, newer Nikons, mm-hmm. you can put them on... Have you tried any of that yet on your EOS R? I haven't tried too much. I've done um, a couple... Like I've put some older, I put one screw mount on. Um, it's just funny though because now you're doubling up so many like different adapters. Yeah. Um, unless you buy the specific adapter, because I went M42 to EF and then EF to the RF mount, <laughs> and so it was like you you just start adding them up. Was it a Helios? Um, yeah, it was one of the Helios ones yeah. we have at the office. So, 
Um, it's a dope lens. Those are fun lenses. Yes. Yeah. Kids, if you want a fun lens and you don't want to spend well, a lot of money. Andy, why do you always dress the, address the kids? The kids. The kids, the kids listening. Hey, man. It's always, hey, kids. I might. It's the father in him. I might be the <laughs> eldest of, of the four here. But only might. But might. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So what, what about you guys? Andy, Wait, you have... did we get an accessory? Uh, I mean, I talked about uh, those were kind of the accessories I was talking some, about. Some fun, some fun lenses so, on that. Yeah, that other thing that it's the Viewmaster. Oh, the Viewmaster. Viewmaster. Oh, yeah, yes. that's, that's what I was trying to explain that. to you we guys had those, earlier. I, I think I might have had one of those when I was a kid. Those are awesome. Mm, yeah. I feel like everyone had one of those. Yeah, yeah they or went least... right along with like the um, toy carpets that you'd roll your truck on. Yeah, right? yes. exactly. Mm-hmm. I was thinking light bright. I'm like, that's way off. Well, no, <laughs> not, I mean. <laughs> You know, I'm not I, saying he's the eldest, but Andy doesn't feel this. Didn't have the childhood memories of the '90s that the rest no. of us might have. <laughs> nope, I yeah. barely have childhood memories from the '90s. The '90s, that's right. We were talking about the '90s. Someone was like, "Oh, I remember this song. It's from the the '90s." I'm like, I was like in high school. Yeah. <laughs> I was in junior high. Yeah. No, I was. No, you were a, four when the '90s no, ended. No, that's what, got, that's what the person said in the office. Oh. Anyway, all uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I carry the Canon A1. Uh huh. Um, Great before. camera. Yeah, it's it's awesome. The one thing I do wish it had was aperture priority Dude, or some sort of priority. Anything yes. priority? Because right now it's it's because this is the AE one, not the AE one program, program yeah. right? Okay, which is it does make a difference. Yeah, so. it, it shooting on this uh, camera. I've shot on this the most before. It was the the Molta, Minolta SR one. Mm-hmm. I think it is. That was my grandfather's camera. Um, that was a beast to shoot on too. So I decided let's, uh, up the ante here. My cousin gave me this camera. It's been awesome. Um, if you want to get down to the basics and really force yourself to understand what your shutter speed or what shutter is and, uh, selecting your aperture and what you should do, this kind of forces you to take baby steps. Sure. So now I, I can see why you guys have chosen the cameras you've chosen even you john henry you got a, a even gra- me even, even <laughs> you you got a what's your uh, it's uh, an olympus om2s and you have aperture priority yeah and and, and, it, and and it has a program which i'm still feeling out which is awesome suspicious of it it sure. makes sense after shooting on this i'm like man i've i'm missing that yeah so yeah. it's been Can great I- what is what is it with those older Canon 35 millimeter cameras that they didn't ever do aperture priority? I don't know. One of the cameras that I wish I could love is the the Canonettes. Oh, yeah. and they don't have aperture priority. I thought you they did have... love those. I do love them. Yes. I don't love them enough. Yeah. Sure. Like I can't ever love them enough because I just don't. If I ever shoot auto. I feel like two months ago you said something along the lines of, I love this camera enough and so much. (laughs) (laughs) These are all lies. If I'm shooting it full manual, which again, I do most of the time, but because that camera is so small and light, it kind of makes you want to be able to shoot it in some sort of program, some sort of auto mode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But every time I pick it up and I get shooting it just it, throws me that i i have a sh- you know shutter priority just it doesn't really make sense to me so the uh, someone i don't know for the video i saw but they were they were saying like one of the biggest differences between someone that is seasoned and is not seasoned is um you know where your aperture's at mm-hmm. you don't have to look down after you understand what your camera is saying what you should set it to you should just by keeping your eye uh, on the viewfinder you should just know and just really? click, click right to it. Interesting. Boom, right to it. Give the mic some of that good aperture yeah. sound right yeah. there. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very satisfying yeah, sound. It's great. Yeah, um, it's been cool. I got the little cheapy 50 FD lens on here, so. 1.8, tried and true. If I drop it in the toilet, it doesn't matter. I don't why know why I would drop it toilet? in the toilet. <laughs> uh, you got to practice somewhere. It's happened before. <laughs> so, yeah, which uh, leads me to what I would like to purchase. Yeah. Um, Although I just picked up that Bronica. It's expensive as it is. Uh, I would like to get the Elon 7 or the EOS 3 or even with the EOS 1N. Yeah, the right? 1N. Uh-huh. Those are all great options. Just because I have uh, you know, I have a couple Sigma lenses, art lenses at home. The EF I'd, mount ones? Yeah. Nice. I'd like to put my 50 mil on one of those and just go to town. Yeah. Nice. 
Yeah, and I just know in the Sigma lenses, if you're not familiar with them, they're really sharp. Um, and if you're shooting on an FD lens, yeah, it is a it's night, night and diff- day. Yeah, because uh, if you're not familiar with this lens, if, from my experience, do not go below a 2.8 because it is going to be soft like pudding. So hmm. yeah, uh, the Elon Seven and uh, I don't know. There's so many Canon. Well, that's uh, cameras out there. Yeah. That that have uh, like the EF mount and auto. Yeah, the EF auto. Stuff. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I feel like the Canon cameras that have autofocus, um, and and especially a lot of the autofocus 35 millimeter cameras from Minolta or uh, some of the others, they get overlooked so much because people, the people who are shooting film these days, typically go toward cameras more like you know, the, the old mechanical cameras, mm-hmm. not ones that have modern features, because if they're going to do that, then they'll go toward, um, you know, something that's digital, uh, which is totally understandable. But at the mm-hmm. same time, you can pick up these cameras that use modern lenses um, and still shoot film uh, for those days when maybe you, you know, need autofocus. Um, I say need. I, I don't. There are times when you need autofocus. Yeah, I, like, I, I think I'm pretty fast at manual focus. But when I'm trying to get sharp focus on a toddler running around, oh, yeah. that's just, you know, it's it takes a lot of work. And sometimes I just want to know that I'm getting it pretty darn close. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can pick those cameras up super cheap. Yeah. I mean, the 1N, we just picked up three of those for the office. Mm-hmm. Um, and we paid 200 bucks uh, and nothing more than 230 for mint condition EOS 1Ns. Yeah. Um, and that was a professional camera yeah. in its day, which I guess was like mid-90s to late 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 250 bucks That's at most. kind of the going rate yeah. for the majority of those cameras. Mm-hmm. The 1V is the, the most 1V, expensive. The 1V, that's when you jump up. Yeah, because that's got the magnesium body. It's yeah. got the the heavier, like the, the weather sealing that's more modern and all of that. And those, mm-hmm. But still, those run for you know, five to, to 700 yeah. for mint condition. So it's, yeah. Yeah. For, especially for shooting. That's the one thing it's like, there's, there is reasoning behind buying, wanting to buy that camera. It's not just so I can have another one. Yeah. Although it is nice. Uh, but like you're saying family, mm-hmm. family stuff is great when you're at a party. Yeah. You don't want to be just like, Oh, focus, focus, focus. Yeah. Cause it's hard to, especially with the, the split focus does help on these cameras, but I don't know. Well, people have gotten so far away from that time the people get used to pictures taking no time. Yeah. We get used to, oh, I've got my iPhone, it's got auto meter, autofocus, and, and the composition's really easy, so boom, I've got a picture. Right? Yeah, I've and found so, that with, if you want to take a picture of someone, it it's uh, just a little awkward sometimes to yeah. be like, yeah. hang on, give me 35 seconds yeah, sure. you know, yeah. to line this up and yeah. to meter make and sure. then focus. Right, yeah. right. And the, the, the caveat, or I don't know if that's the right way to put sure. it, but it's either you have a long lens, so you're kind of sniping people out in a distance, <laughs> or you have something that's autofocus. Yeah. And you're just like, boom, in and out. It's like, I, it makes sense for like street photography. I'd love to get more into street photography, and I'm not going to be sitting in the street trying to, if I see something that is captivating, that is moving, or, or you know, a person, whatever it is, I want to mm-hmm. just be able to get that shot. Yeah. yeah. Just so, look at zone focus. Zone focus. Zone you familiar with this brand? Mm-hmm. The zone, it's like a street photography thing. I've only ever experimented with it on my Fuji. Um, so I haven't done it on film. But, but is it a technique? Yeah, so it's basically it's stopping down to 5.6 or gotcha. 8, shooting with a higher right. speed film. You shoot on HP5 and then push it to 16. Mm-hmm. So you can get the speed and the shutter speeds and everything right. And then you just set it to like a certain amount of feet, like 3 feet to 7 feet. And then you only shoot things that fall into that that Makes field sense. Mm-hmm. um Smart. if it's a person or whatever and then if obviously if you see something across the street then you take the time and you fo- re- still go by that camera but, I, um, one thing no go i mean absolutely it, it's it's hard to no that's of, smart i didn't even think about that yeah man. a lot of yeah. times look, it all do I, yeah there's photographers who have like written extensively and, and experimented yeah. with it zone so focusing zone focusing yeah mm-hmm. all right yeah. i got my homework I mean, on a small scale, I do that sometimes with just the fact that I can throw one of these lenses in 5.6 or f8 and throw it into infinity. And yeah. because there are hard stops, which is great on these lenses, mm-hmm. these these old mechanical lenses, um, I know that as long as I'm over, I don't know, 30 feet away from the subject, it's probably going to be pretty close and focused. Oh yeah, like you're, yeah. you know, it's 
you're not really going to notice if it's a little bit out, um, especially at f at five six or f eight. So yeah. um, I don't tend to do closer ones than that frequently. But every now and then, if I if there's a shot that I really want to get, and I'm like, if I pull my camera up and take a minute to focus here, I'm going to lose that. Yeah. yeah. Then that's when I'll try and you that's know, when you break out the old iPhone. <laughs> no heresy we don't say that word heresy sorry i don't know who that guy was yeah He's i don't know it. so yeah uh and then the accessory uh, is a boring yet makes complete sense to me ball head or some sort okay. of geared head yeah for photography which yeah. did not make sense to me back in the day i was like oh you just need a fluid head yeah from well, the season, all in video yeah so yeah Coming nope. in the cinema world, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No. Well, it kind of, well, it, it does come from the cinema world. I, or at least they used to and mm-hmm. still do use some of those geared heads. Yeah. It's with the little wheelie thingies. Sure. Yeah. High, high, like high the big, reductions. Yeah. The big O'Connor heads. And, yeah, there you go. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I want to get. It yeah. just... Nice. I know a lot of photographers that basically shoot exclusively on a tripod. And that's not typically how I like to shoot. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes yeah, mm-hmm. so you need the extra the extra shutter speed and all that kind of and stuff. It's, so it's nice, but one thing that I yeah. dislike, I I think that a tripod is definitely necessary for some things. Mm-hmm. I you mentioned photographers that only shoot on a tripod. I think it comes from composing videos, composing film like motion film, mm-hmm. um, that. I try and make sure that there is variation in my shots. And you can do that on a tripod, but I yeah. think the the issue with a tripod sometimes, and I'm not dissing tripods, but You're dissing people, tripods. They have hurt sure. feelings now, Brian. Right, I know. Go. But you can get into a habit of shooting, of like you have a typical height for yeah. everything. And sometimes you just, you need to drop it down or you need to mm-hmm. you know go higher or something mm-hmm. like that. And so I use a tripod when I need to, but otherwise I like the fact that I can, you know, I can adjust my yeah. height, yeah. you know, with my body rather ju- than... Yeah, in a split second, you can make a decision. You know what? I want it to be six inches lower or higher yep. on a tripod that might take you 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. it's not meant to be fast. That's right. for sure. Yeah. But that's yeah. an awesome That's an awesome thing. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what you make. With yeah, I w- so I took the uh, ball head out uh, from the Manfrotto at work, uh-huh. and it's not... It's more difficult to use than a geared head. Yeah, yeah. And just in the sense is like you're just kind of you're finagling it's too, it's too fluid. It's yeah. too it's too more it's too much. Or more, did yeah. you have the bronica on it or did, it's that's the whole point is the yeah. bronica. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, it makes sense you'd want that especially getting into some of the long exposure stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. it's necessary. Camera's what you can't shoot heavy too. You can't shoot thirty second exposures handheld. I can't. Not, not yet. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. One of these days. A master. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's the benefit of the geared head. Is especially the ones that have the quick release yeah. on them, uh, the quick release knobs, is that you you can make those micro adjustments. If you're like, you know what, difference. I like this shot, but I want to show, you know, a centimeter more headroom. Mm-hmm. You can do that. Whereas, good it, luck with a ball head trying yeah, to make tiny it, adjustments like that. Yeah, there's uh, someone that I follow that that's all he uses is a ball head, and his shots are amazing. And I don't understand. He must be there for a while or mm-hmm. just know how to use the ball head better is probably a little bit of both mm-hmm. Interesting. so yeah nice Alrighty then so john henry what are you shooting with currently well like i mentioned so the one camera i've got right now is the olympus om 2s okay i just have to remember the order all those, the last, those yeah. last characters and i've been liking it a ton so far uh i'm definitely the newest here to the film photography world sure so I've only had one full roll exposed so far, and now I've got some more. So <laughs> more going to the shop. Yeah. So one that you've seen. Yeah, one you, that I've seen. Yeah, but the others uh-huh. are going off. And yeah. that first roll was great. I loved the shots that came out of that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. So yeah. I'm excited to see this because, you know, there's always, did I get this shot or that shot? Like mm-hmm. with Daniel and Washington, there are all these government helicopters going overhead. <laughs> And I was just standing on the bridge. One was passing like 50 feet above our head. And I like lift up my camera for the shot. And I'm thinking, don't shoot me when I raise this. <laughs> you know? Um, so that'll be exciting. The other thing is we met, you mentioned the meter on it, which so far has been very good. But since yeah. it's Chicago in February and March, it's been so cloudy. I finally got to take it out on a really sunny day in downtown. So it's going to be interesting to see how the meter was working yeah. mm-hmm. when you had a, a higher dynamic range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. It's interesting that we all kind of have different, uh, 
like launching off points for transitioning to film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because you, I mean, what what made you kind of decide you wanted to start shooting more and more? Well, film? I realized first I thought I just want to get more into photography because I mean I've always done some photography and I do the video. I've been doing that for years. The video. The, the, the video. The I was going to say the video stuff. I make the video. Yes. iMovie. You can tell he's professional. He uses all the, the proper lingo. Yeah. <laughs> the video. Uh, and so first I was just wanting to get more into photography of any kind, you know, doing more thought out like portraits with people. Mm-hmm. I just found a random couple and I, I did a whole photo shoot with them. Turned out a couple of randos. Well. <laughs> yeah. A rando couple. And then you guys just were talking about film so much. I thought it might as well. Yeah, might as well. And my mom had all these old cameras. My mom, uh, has taken some gorgeous film for uh, film photographs back in the day. She even cool. kn- knows how to develop film herself on all of that and used to do that. Where's she at, man? I don't know. I, I was Michigan. like, drive That's down to Brandon's <laughs> apartment to his toddler's room and join us. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. She's not here. I mean, the studio. What are you talking about? This is a Come super on, large studio. professional studio that we're That's all in, right? Yeah, now. That's not. Yeah, I'm just making up stories. But so she uh, she gave me all her old cameras, uh, and it turned out basically none of them worked. <laughs> but then I, I bought this Olympus, uh, and there's currently a Canonet in the shop, which yeah. is why I was defending Ooh. its honor earlier. Oh, which no, one is it? The Canonet? The what is a QL or am I thinking? About I'm not that sure. Right? It's it's definitely mm, one of like QL. the Mark three. Yeah, like the, the old the school ones. One. She she got it. It was her first camera. She got it in the seventies, I think, and it's still got like the the label maker uh, text oh, on the yeah, back with her cool. with her maiden name and childhood address on wow. it. Wow, that's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's it's got some sentimental value. Yeah, and I'm looking. I haven't been able to shoot with it yet because it's at Central Camera, uh, getting fixed. Uh, hopefully getting fixed. Come on. I called them about it today, and they weren't really aware of where it was or what might be going on. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure so, they'll find it. No, I'm sure they will. They, yeah. they, you know, they're just very analog there. Yeah. yeah. No, I've had I've had good luck with the repairs there. Um, I mentioned the Kodak Retina that I've got. Um, that camera was like just after World War II is when that one was made, and so um, and they did a great job working on that one. It works like it's new. Yeah, and the, so. the, the Canonet didn't need major repairs. It was mostly the foam on the inside for the light proofing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to that because I have the Olympus SLR, and then I'll have that, which is a rangefinder and a fixed lens. And I know Daniel and I have talked frequently about how fixed lenses are just sort of fun because they spur more creativity. You know that you can't one obsess over what focal distance yeah. you should be using. You just have to work with what you got, and often you get used to the distance, uh, and you can make some cool stuff with it. Yeah, you know what it looks like before you take the photo yeah and that's, you even bring the camera up to your eye right that's one thing i feel like not only are they faster lenses in the sense that the apertures can they can open up a lot more and let more light in but also like before you even go to take the photo i know if i'm too far like i shoot with a 35 almost exclusively for yeah. for normal day stuff and i know before i take the photo before i even bring the camera up to my face it's like that I can get in the photo, that's going to be out, this is what the composition is going to look like. And so it's so much faster for me because it's like, boom, I know what it looks like before I take it, bring the camera up, snap the photo. Um, Compared to bringing it up and then toying with a zoom for, you know... 30 seconds yeah. it's not going to take yeah. that long but still it slows you down for some of us it does what uh, what lens is fixed to yours because i know it's you the know, mark three and they had a couple different versions i think it's the 28 but it might be like a 35 35 you did have a I, weird uh i happen to know no uh, yeah, 26 and a half the, the pentax okay yeah so i believe the mark three is a 40 millimeter 1.9 yes oh yeah, yeah. that is what yeah. it or is it a 1.7 Shoot, I think it's, it's a one. No, I remember it was hard. It was hard to remember it's the best one that they ever made. Doing yeah. video, we, the most we rarely would use like a forty. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, Cook that's what makes it is. a forty for which cinema. we're getting, which we're getting. Yeah, the right? anamorphic. That's, yeah, I, I feel like we're gonna have we're gonna have a podcast one of these days. We promised it in the first episode, and it's gonna come back around where we talk about like our favorite lenses and favorite lens sets and all of that. Mm. Um, we were going to talk a little bit about that today, but we're kind of pushing that off. And like what one of the upcoming topics is going to be, what is the best beginner lens, yeah. um, both in like... Cook indiv- 40 anamorphic. Yeah, the Cook 40 yes, anamorphic. Yeah. When you first pick up a camera, that should be your first the lens. The turret camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that'll be a, um, an upcoming topic, but uh, 
But yeah. Yeah. Awesome. We'll we'll do a cool. we'll do an episode for beginners about how to attach the cook anamorphic to your wide flex. <laughs> yeah, your, there you go. <laughs> to your instax. The perfect the perfect beginner. There you go. Tutorial. So what's your uh what are you looking to pick up? Did we Well, it's funny cuz like this Canonette is sort of the next That's thing I'm it. looking forward to getting and mm-hmm. using in terms of picking up uh probably additional lenses for the Olympus cuz okay, right now sure. I've got a 50 1.8 and a 70 to 300 and uh i haven't seen any pictures from that yet they're they're going into the dark room now so i'm sure. curious to see how that worked room. out you know i had some questions around it but i would love a good 80 or 85 right mm-hmm. for portraits nice preach it man yeah i want an yeah. 85 for this bad boy really bad but i don't want to put money into it yeah i want to buy an elon 7 or an eos 3 Sure. Take uh, take portraits on your Bronica, bro. I know, man. Yeah, it's it's interesting you say eighty five because I'm kind of in Brandon's headspace right now where I've been shooting on you know. So last year, pretty much the only camera I used was my Fuji X one hundred T. So a little bit of math conversion's got a crop sensor, but it has a twenty three something millimeter lens. Yeah, so it's yeah. basically like shooting a thirty five millimeter lens on a full frame camera. Mm-hmm. So my mental focal length, if you will, mm-hmm. the thing that you kind of see before you bring the camera up to your eye. In my last year of shooting has been a 35 millimeter kind of yeah. focal length. So now shooting on the 50 on my Pentax for the last couple months exclusively, mm-hmm. I've kind of shifted back towards seeing things as a 50 millimeter, mm, but yeah. um, I really want to pick up a 35 for the Pentax because yeah. I have an F2 and they're really mm-hmm. rel- relatively inexpensive and... Um, I think that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love a good nifty 50, but more and more I'm feeling like I would, so many things I would like to be shooting either 35 or 85. Yeah. You know, the 50 is versatile because you can, you know, mm-hmm. depending on how you frame stuff, how close you are, you can sort of swing both ways with it. Right. Whereas on either one of those other two, that's the only type of thing you're going to be shooting. Right. Yeah. But yeah, both should... of those options I would like to have more yeah. range for. Mm-hmm. How, do you know uh, what the availability of the Olympus lenses are? Are there lots of them out there on eBay? Or? I haven't looked into it a ton, but I know like the Olympus mount is still common enough mm-hmm. that you can get stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, it's um, whenever I shoot 50 millimeter, I I shoot a lot of architectural stuff, and I always feel like 50, I'm a little bit too tight, like just yeah. a little bit. I There's so that. many times when I'm like, oh, I want to capture that whole, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's the, a church facade or something like that, and I go to take the photo with 50, and I'm like, ah, I can't back up anymore. Yeah. yeah. And it's just too tight, so that's what I like the 35 for. It's a good experiment, though. It's a creative experiment. And yeah. actually, I think... Part- I agree with you because I've done a lot of stuff downtown since getting this this yeah. um, the new camera. But I think part of the stuff you liked in my first role was that okay, I can't get any wider. So how am I yeah. going to crop out part of this building and right. just get like those those neat lines on the side of the building with a background of the lines on the building behind it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Limitations yeah. do produ- produce great creativity. Yeah. 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 I yeah, don't think. I mean, that's something I struggled with this last weekend too. I wanted to go downtown. The train was going to take forever to get where I was at. And um, I was like, there's so much to shoot around here. I think we get caught up in, oh, we're not in this stellar environment. Right. Yeah. And shouldn't just. Yeah. One of the photographers that I, I follow, bringing it back to George Muncie, he talks about Mr. how Muntz. he's shot, like, he, it, it, there's something important about going back to where you grew up mm-hmm. and going and photographing there because. Mm-hmm. You're the only, pretty much, you know, people who grew up in a certain town, you're the only people who look at that town with like old eyes. I could go to that yeah. town that Andy grew up in and look at it and be that's, like, oh, that's worth photographing. But you might look over all of those things, you know. You just gave me another idea, man. <laughs> there you go. But. So before Brandon wraps it up, I wanted to propose something. Hmm. I think I brought it, I didn't bring it up to John Henry, but I brought it up to you two that I had a suggestion for a show. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's going to take a little work, but I think it'll be worth it in the end. Uh, we would all write down every film stock we've ever used. Mm-hmm. Right? So we all have a list of film stocks. And then we would kind of be like a secret Santa kind of thing. And one person would get that list. And then you would have to buy a roll for that person of something obscure. Something okay. they haven't okay. Something okay. they haven't like shot that. on. That's good. Then we take a week and we go and shoot it. Then we talk about it. Talk about it. Uh, our experience. Mm-hmm. 
and at the same time let's have that developed too so we can look right. back and yeah point fingers and make fun of each other <laughs> that that's a great idea that is a i good am idea, so, actually i'm really excited to, to i think that would to yeah. do something like that That'd something that the person hasn't shot before yeah. is yeah. there a film stock you haven't shot brandon oh there <laughs> are that out in the no, there oh, are. there's some weird um, ones out there man you know i i am typically fairly basic with my film stocks i've been branching out more the last year probably um but there are definitely film stocks that i haven't shot i mean i'm picking up some new ones recently like double film i mean yeah. it's it's a little more of a that's on the more extreme end yeah specialized Mm -hmm. film right it's pre-light leaked um which is kind of a new new thing there but uh, my my camera might be pre-light leaked too (laughs) (laughs) we'll see once we get the film all sorts of surprises coming when andy gets his film back yeah we'll see it um so why don't we make a list tomorrow yeah if, are we all in let's do it oh yeah, yeah. i'll do it my list yeah. will be very short we'll make a list <laughs> a maybe list we'll just start an, an email chain let's do that okay and then we'll pick it out we'll maybe what is a ten dollar limit good for film i mean it's yeah i would say Unless nothing sinistil i would i would go 15 15 yeah. okay. just because there are some that'll go a little bit over 10 sure yeah. i mean I, I'm, even I'm good. I'll a do lot 15. of fuji stocks like depending on where you get them yeah. they can be over 10 so yeah um yeah 15 dollar so, limit there you that's go be really right. fun yeah that that'll be that's, that's going to be a probably a two or three week away show yeah but hey we'll make it happen so, yeah we'll yes. make it, it sounds like a great we'll idea yeah, so let's make fun. it let's do it so so you want to all right. So yeah, thank you everyone for joining us again. Um, you know, this is we're, we're trying to get this to be a more frequent uh, show. So we're we're hoping you know once every couple weeks or something like that. But uh, um, yeah, and if you want to send us any emails, whether you want to tell us what camera are you shooting on, um, you know, maybe you've got something obscure, or maybe it's something that's fairly generic, but you have unique reasons for wanting to shoot it. It'd be great to hear all of that. Uh, also, you know, if we made a mistake uh, that you want to correct during the show, none of us are perfect in be terms gentle. of yes, in terms of our uh, the specs that we list or uh, the observations that we make on a camera. So um, all of those emails, whether they're constructive or whether they're affirmative, can be sent to uh, um, podcast at thatvintagelens.com that's podcast at thatvintagelens.com um, and let us know what you're shooting you know what what have you been up to also um, we'll try and have a little bit of an update at the beginning of each show of you know what have we done this past week what new things have we tried yeah so thanks again for listening we're really excited to have you as a listener so uh, thanks again and we'll talk to you soon <laughs>